0: Welcome to The Shark Pod, the podcast that explores business and lifestyle design in Ireland and beyond. And now, live from Greystone Studios, here are your hosts, Luke Curry and Mark Baker.
1: Someone you can lend a hand in return for grace. So beautiful. What is up, Shark Nation? We've never done that before. We like they say that we are allowed to have fifteen seconds of their material uh, before we get demonetized. So I thought I'd bang that out today. It is twenty years since the the release of that album. Uh, believe it or not, uh, all that you can't leave behind. Big impact album on me, and I know Mark as well. Uh, his kind of coming of age. Uh, uh album so i just thought i'd introduce that with uh the You 2 guys because the theme today is irish artists and we've got Owen o'connor here Owen, how's it how's it going
2: very good very good
1: thank you so much for joining us here on the shark pod uh, mark baker artist uh accountant uh entrepreneur <laughs> out there in uh glennagiri how you doing mark good great it's a it's a beautiful day in glennagiri so i uh, can't complain can't complain. Although uh, me and Owen were talking just before you uh, I joined here today, and you were saying we were saying that you had to scrape uh, ice off your car today. So it's it's a beautiful day, but it's uh, it's still chilly out there. You know, chilly enough. Yeah. So Owen, uh, to it's for the people that are listening at home, I'm sure your your art is. It's so something that I, I think most people in Ireland have seen at some stage in different places, whether that's the Kilkenny shop, whether that's online in galleries, uh, at charity events. There's so many kind of areas where they might see your uh, see your art. Um, how would you describe yourself and as an artist and what your what you're based on or what your art is based around?
2: Um, that's a broad question. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I am. I'm, I suppose I'm similar to Mark. I, I love painting and first and foremost I love painting but I've always been determined to make a living at it and um, there seems to be an attitude or an opinion in the world in general that artists have to be poor and I really don't like that opinion so I, 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 I have kids and I, I want to have a good living out of what I do but um, first and foremost I always want to get better at painting
1: absolutely and so so the the painting originally we were talking about before the, the podcast started as well uh you mentioned that you i guess your your career start was more in the architecture field that would be
2: and um, yeah well when i left school in the late 80s uh ireland was a fairly bleak place to be honest with you and uh I, I, I loved painting and, and drawing and whatever. And I was very, I was I was realistic. I, I didn't know of any artists that made a living or anything like that. So I, I thought that I should do something creative, but have a career out of it. So I um, tried to get into architecture, which fortunately I did. And then I went to architecture and... Um loved it for the first two or three years and was doing very well at it but then i began to not be that interested in it it kind of was I found it a bit um oh i don't know uh it, Sorry. yeah well i, I don't <laughs> want to offend any other art- architects but uh, yeah so i kind of started skipping down in the results and stuff and people that I would have been ahead of started getting way ahead of me. And then if we got a project or something and they'd all be eating it up and I'd be going, Oh Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, by the end of it, I realized that I didn't want to do it because I wasn't going to be good at it because I didn't have any passion for it. So I did learn from my other colleagues that I should try and do something that I would be passionate about. And then it would be a lot easier. Although if, I knew how hard it was to become make a living at art. I probably would rethink it, to be honest with you. <laughs> okay.
1: And so, when you're a an architect, just for for people who, because I think a lot of people uh, that have artistic um, tendencies, they see architecture and they say, "Okay, well, there's a, there's a lot of creative uh, input into that. I guess uh, it's something that can make a good living at if you're if you're successful as an architect. Uh, I know that Mark Baker, you kind of played to that idea as well, but it didn't work out in the end for some reason. I can't really remember. Yeah,
0: no, that was I I had applied for that as number one on the cao form. Oh and yeah and then yeah. I i actually I got into it, but I missed the second interview. They forgot to call well they called me and left a voice message on a house phone. That was probably before mobiles just about uh, or, or at the same time that they just came out and yeah I missed uh I missed the interview and it didn't happen then. <laughs> That's one of those so things. Maybe so I did an arts degree then, which had nothing to do with art. It was history and Greek and Roman. And I wasn't really going to set like the art. world <laughs> on fire with
1: that. What?
2: <laughs> it classical. sounds like art. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: classical. <laughs> yeah. And now, look, it's, so, it's funny that you missed that voicemail, and then your life took this completely different uh, thing, and now you're doing something completely different. It's really interesting. I love those little kind of pivot points mm. uh, in life. Which but I, I
0: What I did is I, I, I saw myself as being not a starving artist like quite sensible in that way like you were saying on but at the same time I wanted to use the creativity and I was like the obvious thing was architecture and that's that's why I, I chose it yeah, it was the well, same as me
2: um, yeah. but in truth when you're 16 17 sure who has an idea what they really want to end yeah. up doing so you know you're like I can see with my own kids now one of them knows what she wants to do and the other they're both 15 they bo- they're twins uh, the boy hasn't a clue so you know, you can't force it on them either. So, you just have to be interested in what you're doing, really. I think.
0: And uh, what are the what are the steps that you took then on to to progress into art? How did it all kind of start? Uh,
2: well, I, I decided that I I was I always w- was creative with ideas and stuff. So, I got this idea to make kind of uh, statues. I was doing kind of spit and image type statues, and I. I, I made them in clay and I figured out how to make moulds. So then I ended up making them in plaster and I painted them, stuck hair on them and stuff. And um, I used to go around to markets and sell them in markets. And um, one day a guy came along and he owned a shop at the Grand Forest Stephen Screen Centre called It's Magic. It's well gone now at this stage, but it had really cool toys and like, you know, remote control cars and all sorts of stuff. So he gave me a wall in there and I I hung up these plaster plaques on them and used to cycle in and out replenishing them as they sold. <laughs> nice. But, uh, you know, they it was went successful? very well. It was, it, well, you know, it, for a guy in his young 20s, they were very successful, but... Um, realistically if you're looking back now as a business they're too labor intensive all that kind of stuff would be made in china nowadays so um but it was the start of something so i then i used to go always going in and out of shops and be looking for ideas and then i saw this guy doing prince of ireland framed prince of ireland beautifully packaged they're in every shop and, but they were real old-fashioned paintings. And I said, to, I didn't even paint. I, I said to myself, I could do that, but I'd try and do modern, funky version of them. So I started doing that and got into loads of shops. Again, though, a very rocky road. You know, you think it, it, every business looks simple, but it's not quite simple when you do it.
1: And how, so uh, especially the, the the first one, the first kind of shot that you get into, was that just because you were in the shop quite a lot and you got a good relationship with the shop owner and that type of thing or was it a like a, a deal like you know because like you said during the early 20s you've never done this before how much what's the what's the deal that you're supposed to get for art or were you kind of just happy to have have your stuff in there
2: and um, there's a lot of that when when you're starting off you're happy to If they, like you might go in with a price to sell them this stuff at and they would say, no, that's not good enough. We want it for half that. And you go, oh, yeah, 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 whatever to get in there. So you don't really think about profit and loss or anything like that. Although, you know, you, you might think that you buy something, say, for five euros, and you sell it for 10, but it's not quite that simple, to be honest with you. There's loads of other costs. So, um yeah, so the, the first shop really that I got into was probably the Kilkenny shop. And I I went up to somebody in the shop and showed them it and said, could I meet the buyer? And I eventually got a meeting with Marion O'Gorman, who owns the Kilkenny shop okay. in Cork. And I was very nervous and whatever, but she liked it. And then I started with them and they sold fairly well, you know, but... um then again when you get into a good shop like that you get into loads of other shops easily enough
1: okay so in that case it's almost like if, if you're say if you're somebody in their early 20s that are trying to you know like you say make a living you know provide a good life maybe not just a living but not just to get by but just to you know enjoy yourself enjoy have a a you know enough support for your family, three kids, all that type of stuff. Uh, is what's the the key there? Is 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 it to focus on like distribution, or are you focusing on the art first, or what's the, what what comes first <laughs> you know, like, Are you uh, were you designing stuff that you knew would sell in these types of shops? You know, was that the kind of uh, mindset, or well, should you? Yeah, you know?
2: initially that was the mindset uh, to design something and sell it. Whereas, and um, the more the older I got, the more I realised that the actual artwork was the most important part. So, and um, now it's uh, like my business is a lot bigger, and I know still that it's the artwork that actually sells. It's not the actual components like the frame or the box or whatever. It has to be good that people want it. So, like anybody could go and sell a frame, but it's what's in it that sells it. Absolutely. I, 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 I'm not so concerned about selling really. I'm more concerned about doing better art. And if you do that, then you will sell. So okay. it follows on.
0: So and then there's just just to go back again to, to getting the artwork out there. So art fairs as well. You've you've done a lot of art fairs. Where do I kind of fit into it? When what was yeah, your first one?
2: So I did a um I, I did it was called Art Island, but it's an art source now. I did that for a good few years. So I started doing that. I, I went to it one year and there were loads of artists there. I, I wasn't in it. So I just went to look at it and they they were all like, I looked up to them all and everything. And I said, geez, I, I should I, I wouldn't be able to be in here. But then I, I convinced myself to give it a go. So I went and the first year I went there, I was very nervous, I very nervous and found it very difficult even to talk to the customers. So I didn't even hang up my prices. And that for me was a way that I would engage with people. So like I was, I was like so nervous. It, it, it was unbelievable. But anyway, so it was on a Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So um, on the Friday, um, the nerves were roaring and uh, Dermot Desmond came in. And apparently he came in every Friday of in the previous years and walks around for a couple of hours and then decides what to buy. So he came in, sniffed around my stand, and I said to one of the other exhibitors, oh, look, there's Dermot Desmond there in my stand. And he said, ah, don't worry about that. He goes into every stand and sure, you know, don't get too excited. And uh, then a couple of hours later, um, I was was chatting with that fella again, and uh, we were chatting away. And Dermot Desmond came back into my stand, and I said, oh, look, there's Dermot Desmond in my stand. And man says, oh, and then so I went over to Dermot and, and uh, chatted with him. So nervous. And he ended up buying six paintings off me. Wow. And then I sold every painting that I had. So I sold 45 or something. That's, wow. That's incredible. Yeah. And, and, and like, the, so that was probably one of the points where I realized I could actually make a, a, a career at art. Now, obviously, a show is very good, but like then throughout the year, you 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 know, quietness down, but it gave me a lot of encouragement.
0: And was that before the the print zone? How do you introduce prints into your...
2: I was kind of doing both at the same time. So like the prints, I kind of looked at it it, as a business and the art was probably a a more long-term business. Um, So yeah, I was doing them hand in hand, but like there have been several times where I have given up supplying shops and stuff with the prints, so... Um, like my business has changed now where I don't supply shops at all. So,
1: so um, is everything through the website then? Is that how you'd...
2: Uh, well, I have a gallery myself in Gori here and I, um, my website is very busy. Also, I've arranged homewares with Tipperary Crystal, which are in 500 shops or 600 shops, I think.
1: Wow.
2: And um, I have uh, a couple of other licensing deals with people around the world.
1: Cool, and so Mark Baker for your art career. This kind of sounds a little bit like I remember back years and years ago. You uh, did a couple of art shows as well around the RDS.
0: Yeah, I did the same one. Well, not
1: that. Probably a few years later. Yeah, okay, that's everyone. And at, at that stage, were you when you saw the other artists there? Were was there anyone that you were like? like uh, like, Owen said was, were making you nervous or you're kind of like I'm, like, or saying this is something I can do look at these guys if they can do it I can do it was that a like what, I, am, what I'm getting at here is it, was it good for artists that are on the cusp like that to say can I make a career out of this or not is it kind of a good kite fly to go to one of these things and put your stuff out there and see what see what happens
0: yeah I think I was I, when I got there <clears throat> the whole build up I was kind of in my own little bubble just creating all this art that I love <clears throat> and then I said, look, I'll, I'll do this art fair. Give it a go. And then I got there. I didn't really know many artists. Uh, Nilo Lachlan, the caricaturist who, who, who we know, was excellent to me. He really kind of helped me at the start of my career and, and all the way through. But apart from him, there wasn't too many others. So I didn't really know the inner art circle. So when I got there, I realized that I was the odd one out by far. My stuff was very commercial, you know, like as in famous people. Like it was almost like one guy came up to me. I was setting up. And and I was always confident in my work, but I I was setting up and some artist came over to me and goes, can I shake your hand? I was like, what? he goes, that's a real two fingers up to the art world. that. And I was just hanging it up. I was like, what do you mean? Like, this is just yeah, like, what, that's I what I I'm going for. <laughs> but I wasn't. I was just doing what I love to do. And he was like, she's fair play to As in, like, you're doing something that's popular, like celebrity type pop art or whatever you want to call it. But I was just—that's just what I love. But it was a bit of a snobbery there, so I didn't technically felt like I, f- I fit in uh, great with the with the the crowd there. But there was probably twenty, thirty amazing artists that you're just you know inspired by. Um, oh, probably I'm sure w- would have been one of them there at the time. It was, it was a long time ago, but that's the way, Mark. <laughs> 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 um. So, yeah, like. I think I think the problem with my art was was it was that was the problem, but that was the problem with it. I suppose it it was the nature of what I do. It's very hard to to scale. Um, so I, I over the years I have thought of am I painting the right subject, and I have thought of doing kind of landscape and stuff like that to try and make it as a as a full time artist. And I just the passion wasn't there, like you said before, on like and unless you're passionate about what you do, it's very hard to make it work. Um, so I couldn't I couldn't do anything else. So I just paint what I love and and didn't make it a full-time artist but you know i would be happy doing other stuff
2: that was the right thing to do i think you know you, you you have to love it first and foremost yeah you know like you shouldn't be painting something because you think it will sell you mm. well that's the way i although fortunately for me my paintings are very sellable but that that hasn't been my motive really to be honest with you
0: yeah, it's hard to explain to someone who isn't an artist maybe what it takes to to sit or stand um, for ten hours straight at a painting. You know what I mean? Like what it, the enjoyment that you have to get from from that like is has to be really really high, or else it's impossible to do. You know, I'm well, sure you spent I, hours. I, I'm on hours.
2: commission at the moment for somebody which. Um, I could normally have painted fairly quickly, but it's taken me two weeks because I just don't want to do it. <laughs> like, that's the long and <laughs> short. But like my spirit isn't isn't in it. Now, he won't hear it because he doesn't live in Ireland, but <laughs> I find them very difficult. So you 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 need to be invested yourself in the painting.
0: Yeah. And look, there's commissions. Commissions are commissions. You're not going to turn them down. As, as I said, you're running I, the business. I at don't the end of do
2: day. any more anymore. That's it. I've given them up. Oh, really? Yeah. And for- this is, this is my last one. <laughs>
1: okay, cool. Um, so the from a, from an artistic point of view, I, f- I find uh, your work very uh, it was, it's very unique. As in, like you know, it's it kind of almost has a, like, a theme going through it. Like you know, like the the types of colors that you use and stuff like that. Um, was that something that you uh, developed as a kind of a slant on like Ireland and stuff like that? Because there's lots of agricultural. Uh, tones in there, a lot of, kind of, almost like uh like a what I what I when I think of your work, I think of like a like a backwards selfie of like a, of a, of cows and horses and stuff like that. Like, no, you know, I know, I
2: I get what you're saying. Um, yeah, I suppose they have uh, been particularly Irish, and um, I love perspective, and I love making things just a little bit quirky without being crazy. Near, nearly cartoon like but not cartoon it's a very fine line and um i love colors so um color itself is a science and getting colors to sit well with each other is is a trick in itself and i love that i i am um, I, I i'm fortunate I, I i've always had a style a lot of artists find it very hard to find a style it's just in me so I'm, I'm lucky with that. But I'm never happy with my paintings. I always want to be better, to be honest with you.
1: and, and <laughs> what type of ones are the, the most popular, would you say? The-
2: uh, obviously, I'm well-known for doing cows, but I think I'm probably finished that now. And okay. um, I love doing landscapes. I, I love doing seascapes. Like, I do a lot of waves now. I fly a drone over the waves, and I paint them then, and... Um, At the moment, I'm working on arranged dogs. Believe it
0: or not, I've I've seen them on uh, Facebook. Yeah, Yeah. excellent. Yeah, really good. It's all about the
2: colors and stuff. Mm. Uh, Mm
0: And how do you like? This is a real artist question, but like, let's let's say one of the landscape paintings. How do you approach that kind of start to finish? You mentioned the drones, the colors. What does that look like? Uh,
2: Like, how would I start? Like from
0: Mm. from inspiration to.
2: Um, fortunately, I live in South Wicklow, which is beautiful, and uh, I, I would cycle a good bit. And always, Nowadays, everybody has a phone on them, so I'd be taking pictures all the time, um, but I might only take part of the picture out and mix it with another one. And uh, A lot of the cases in the paintings, they're not anywhere in particular. They're just fairly fictional, uh, but they're about the perspective the colours, the light and shade, and the atmosphere. Um, so, I nearly spent more time thinking about the painting, you've, you know, beforehand than I do painting it.
1: Would you be the same, Mark? Are you, are you? Do you come up with ideas kind yeah. of quickly, or what's, what's the? Yeah, I
0: would spend a lot, a lot of time mapping it out, and then for me, it's. It's almost let's say it's paint paint by numbers, but I know what I'm gonna do. by the time I actually sit down to do it, it's not very. People look at so most artists and think it's they're creative in the way that they sit down and they just move the paint around and it just happens. That's not me for sure, um, especially not with portraits. If I start moving an inch the wrong way, it's it's gonna look really weird and, and not symmetrical. Um, so mine's very. I'm very. Uh, structured in my approach. You know?
2: well, well, portraits are very precise, um, but mm. my landscapes, when I start them, normally they end up uh, different to what I thought they would when I started. They kind of evolve themselves, which is great. That's exciting, though.
1: Exactly, and the you mentioned also that you're doing the a lot of the stuff that's uh, your website's very busy and stuff like that. Are, you mentioned also that the that commission is from someone outside of Ireland. Um, yeah. Is a lot of the the kind of growth in your business coming from uh, international, or is it still uh, fairly from the kind of distribution with retail in yeah. Ireland? Um, well,
2: well, I, I gave up supplying shops. So, like, I was the top seller in the Kilkenny shop. Um, but to be honest with you, if you want to take that seriously, you need loads of staff, and your profit margin is very low. But fortunately enough now, um, like my website is really busy. um, It's, uh, I employ nine people now to just servicing my website. Amazing. And, and, I nearly forgot what the question was. Sorry. Just like,
1: Is the growth from your business coming from uh, international, uh, from the website and stuff like that, so that you don't need to do these commissions or you don't, you, it's just, it's not- I, I
2: don't need to do the commissions. I, I, I actually like for the last three or four years, every year by Christmas Eve, I would have no paintings left at all. Like no matter what price. And it's got to the stage. If I put a painting on Facebook, I probably could sell it within one hour, no matter what price. It's wow. And it would go anywhere, like not just Ireland, like anywhere. I even sold some there to islands in the Caribbean and in the lockdown there and whatever. So, like, it's it, Hong Kong. And um, to be honest with you, it is like every day I'm flabbergasted by it myself, but I, I think it's social media. I think nowadays um, artists don't really need galleries or shops. They, they can, with social media, they can have such a broad reach. It's unbelievable.
0: And how important do you think your own gallery is for you? Like the physical gallery versus uh, online?
2: It's it's important, uh, obviously monetarily wise, but um, it's it's becoming less and less important. Um, online is totally important. But the fact that you have the bricks and mortar gallery, although it's probably been closed for the last year, um, the, it's great to have... A face-to-face place where people can actually come and see stuff. I I enjoy that part of it, but um, I'd only be there rarely enough now, to be honest with you.
0: And over the the years, you've had different galleries, haven't you? Remember you had one in... Uh, I had one in Kinsale um, during the recession. That was a great spot, I would imagine. Mm. Great
2: spot in the summer, but in the winter, it was difficult. Um, And... Plus, I lived in Wicklow, so I, now I had somebody working there. But I would probably try and go down once every two weeks, and I, that just took a toll on me, to be honest. Which is so. Um, Gory here is only twenty-five minutes from my home, so it's 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 a great spot. Gory is.
1: I love Gory. People, you know, they, they discount Gory quite a lot, and you can get great value houses and stuff around there, and uh, yeah, it's a you little town.
2: Can. Um, uh, it's, uh, there's always a summery feel around gory which is uh, i don't know how they manage it but it's great i, I love the place it's um, brilliant
1: i think a lot of people have kind of like their holiday homes and stuff down there bally money way all that type they of stuff. Do. and it's i think that gives that kind of uh, almost a almost little resort feel to it and they've got the lovely little uh, country cafes and stuff like that really have a little yeah. time for, for gory i think we were looking at houses um and i was floating the idea uh, of, of a gory thing but it would have been a big change at the time this was before um, the pandemic and stuff so working from home wasn't as ubiquitous as it is now yeah. um, but I, I thought you know yeah, I went, we bought in grey zones in the end which was the kind of I guess the other end of the our budget scale and beyond perhaps uh, that's the
2: California but, of Wicklow.
1: <laughs> well I, I uh yeah pretty much it's i, I really especially it feels like a that's another town that feels like it's summer all the time because a lot of people are coming in at the weekend from the you know at the cliff walk and stuff and there's yeah there's always a buzz which is great um but yeah so like the you mentioned there which i thought was really interesting that you stopped doing the, the shops things because i think a lot of artists would think that that's like the that's that's the the goal to be in 500 shops that's the type of scale that you could really start to you know enjoy but you mentioned that. Um, is it well, well logistically- don't get me wrong.
2: Tipperary Crystal sell my homeware, so they are in shops. But my prints and paintings are no oh. longer. In
1: oh, okay, stores. so it's a prints and paintings. Okay, yeah. cool. Okay, yeah. Okay, interesting. Yeah. So the and from a logistics point of view, although so a, a crystal or a Tipperary Crystal, they're the ones maybe that are are producing those in their facilities, or are you shipping them to them? Or is it a? No, they, they
2: produce them, and I, I I um just get a royalty off them, but I do. Sell them myself, so I would nearly buy them off them like any other shop, you know. But I have a better deal, obviously.
1: Yeah, (laughs) right.
2: And yeah, no, like, um, that's their business. They're good at that. If I wanted to be good at that, I'd need a huge warehouse, loads of staff, and I'm not interested. I I just want to be painting, really.
0: Okay. And uh, uh, actually, just to go back to you mentioned social media. <clears throat> for a kind of young up-and-coming artists or any artists really what are the what do you think well personally for you what are the best sales channels for you is it is it maybe not galleries you know your own website you have social media you have referrals
2: um i suppose I, I i've built it up over a long time so um for me facebook probably was the start of me becoming solely independent and um I built up a big following on Facebook now, well, big enough. How many of you got? I think about 62,000 or something like that. Nice. Um, so if, um, if I post anything on Facebook, I automatically get
0: sales. That's um, amazing. And on Facebook ads, do you know Facebook much about ads. that? Or is that you doing that? Yeah, or is I do. It well,
2: nice? I, I have a meeting once a month with a Facebook um, person, and we discuss it and strategize, I suppose
0: it's something that a lot of people try and just don't have any joy with you know it's very complicated yeah
2: but amazingly um targeted it's frightening what they can do i wouldn't want who, to scare people
0: <laughs> <laughs> who who would you who is your demographic really who 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 would be your target
2: um from 25 to 60 really um <laughs> mostly women believe it or not okay the truth is, women make all the decisions, really, don't they, lads?
1: <laughs> Especially for, like, I guess, what's going to be hung on the wall. You know, that, that's probably true.
2: <laughs> well, they influence their husbands if, if they need to easily. Um, yeah. Um, do, do you know how market's getting so big? I, 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 I don't really know, this, mm-hmm. but it's kind of that demographic. Yeah. Um,
0: but the way it works with pixels and stuff, I'm sure, like anyone... Oh, with pixels, yeah. Well, they well, follow you around.
2: Well, say for example, my website. We would have a Facebook would have a pixel on my website, and we could tell what who's looking at what. And where, well, I, you know, you know yourself. It's very
0: precise. Shocking. Very good. Yeah. Then you use And a, what about Instagram?
2: Instagram, I'm not as um, I was a bit of a latecomer to it. And I, I I am aware of it, and I'd be working away at it. But um, I think I've only thirteen thousand followers there, and that or something. And. Um, I think you need to be posting on that nearly every day, and I'm, I'm, I'm not great at that, to be honest with you. I, I feel that I, if I'm posting stuff, it has to be newsworthy, not replication.
0: Mm. And then Twitter for an artist? Any uh, use? I
2: tried Twitter for a week, and I just said to myself, it's not for me. It's for he who shouts loudest, and I prefer to be in the background, to be honest with
1: you. <laughs> Twitter's a funny one. I. The people either love it or they hate it. I can't, I can't get, uh, I can't get on board with it. Maybe because I, I prefer Instagram just because I can scroll through, uh, you know, pictures and videos. It doesn't have to have an opinion attached to anything. It's very just visual. And I think we talked about this before on the podcast where people say, you know, the Instagram stuff kind of makes people feel bad because they're looking at all these people with the cars and all that type of thing. Yeah, and, magic lives. Yeah, but like all I, if you look, scroll through my Instagram, it's all like uh, National Geographic stuff and people doing backflips very uh positive stuff so i don't i don't get the yeah. uh, I, don't, I think you pick your own adventure in the end you know um so that's good but uh the the what you said there where you say i can put up anything uh and if i use uh, this, these ads you know it will sell i think that's something that's so inspiring to people like that's what people really want to uh, want to hear that it can be done if you figure out one the right product to the right dem- demographic and if it's something that's like i said valuable to somebody out there i think if you had a shop say before the internet and stuff like that if you had a shop you're kind of you're you're waiting for somebody of that demographic with maybe cash on the hip burning a hole in their pocket to walk by your shop at that time or hear about your work from somebody at that time there's so many uh, stars that have to be aligned to make a, to make a sale, uh, but now you can just with technology you can just target them. I think it's great.
2: Well well, you can, but uh, like don't get me wrong, like it, it hasn't it, it's getting easier now, but it hasn't always been that way. It, it's been a, a dogged long, hard road where you've many failures, more failures, than successes, and it's really about resilience. Like, so there's no, there, like some artists often contact me and ask me what's my advice for a good career in art. And really it boils down to resilience and ultimately working hard at your your skill, which is the painting. So there's no quick route to success. But all those Facebooks and whatever help no end compared to when I started, like when I started the internet was one of the it was when you would dial it through the telephone and you'd hear it going yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so so like if 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 you met somebody they'd give you a business card and, and you'd lose it and you were uncontactable really so you depended on shops and galleries and whatever and um, you wouldn't have had any other way of i,
0: I think you, you mentioned resilience on but also something that you have and even for, from your earlier story there's there's a hustle there there's a an entrepreneur there is that in the family or where does that come from because you definitely have it uh, which is rare in artists unfortunately
2: it, it, it's not mark um and um, my my brothers all have fairly normal jobs Um, i've three what's different-
0: wrong with you then huh what's wrong with you
2: well 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 when i decided to be an artist uh you know having given up architecture really um my parents were thought i was crazy which in hindsight they i you know, I would have agreed with them really deep down. I would have agreed with them. I told my father I was going to be an artist. And he said, he pulled me aside and said, um, listen, you need to get realistic here. Like, you need to get a job. Now, I had a job in the bar. He said, you need to get a real job. And um, said, no, you know, no, nobody makes a living being an artist. My father was a military man. And uh, I, uh, half me agreed with him, but half half of me wanted to prove him wrong. So we kind of fell out a bit, really. And um, then I'd go to the pub and tell them, they, my friends, in my early 20s, my friends say, what are you doing now? And I say, oh, I'm a painter now, an artist. And you could see them raise their eyes up to heaven, <laughs> to be honest with you. Did you have but, long hair and everything? I, uh, no, I didn't really. Like, do you know what, Mark? I, I, I'm not really in the art world. I, 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 I don't, like you, I don't have many artist friends. or anything. And I just was determined to paint and um like through my 20s, it was very difficult because everybody was telling me it's just a no goer. And half of me believed that, and the other half was determined that I would make it a, a, a go of it. And so it was a battle all through my 20s, to be honest with you. Like, very, if I could forget my 20s, I, I would love to.
1: Really? And would, would, yeah. did you ever think about packing it in in those earlier years and say, this is... All the time,
2: all the time. And I'd I, like, i I'd always say, oh, if I'm not doing well, I'll have to go and get another job. So that was always hanging over me until maybe my early 30s. And then I realized that I didn't need to get another job. So like, there was always fear in me, to be honest with you, of failure. I'm very competitive.
0: Really? I think that's the key to success. Uh, making it work is that competitiveness which goes hand-in-hand with resilience, I think.
2: I'm fiercely competitive. Maybe maybe it's a downfall sometimes as well. You know, like, if I go cycling with people, I would have to be first up to the top of the mountain. Even if I wasn't able to, I would do everything I could to be the first. (laughs) Which is sick, really.
1: I think Mark's the same um, as well, I think. But in art, art is kind of a weird one to be competitive because it's so subjective. (laughs) So it's kind of like, if someone likes...
2: well, I suppose that translates that I'm very competitive with myself and I always have been. So, like, I, I come to work at five o'clock in the morning and I always have. And, um, like, there's nobody up when I'm coming to work. Um, and I'd work until six. And you need to have some sort of an inner drive that most people don't have to do that. But it's, I'm so used to it now, it's normality for me. So,
1: because that's not what you,
0: you spend a lot of time on your own as well as an artist. I I used
2: to, but now I've uh, four or five staff here, so I'm kind of with Mm. them all the time, which I enjoy, to be honest. I found it hard initially, but...
0: And uh, You mentioned to us your your setup, what you have now, just if you don't mind mentioning the size of the place and and what it looks like.
2: Yeah, so I have a 5,000 square foot premises that is purely uh, painting and manufacturing, like, so we put together the web orders here and stuff and frame stuff and... um, also, uh, with the volume of stuff that I sell, I need a bit of storage. So um, it's brilliant. Um, wow. I, I hope to have an exhibition here when the restrictions are lifted. So I'll get you to come down. Absolutely, it's a cool place.
0: The very Luke, I mentioned to Luke as well uh, before we started. The, the very first time we met, we we also met Daniel Day Lewis and Steven Spielberg within five minutes. <laughs>
2: That's right. Yeah, yeah.
0: that was uh, that, that must. And your one of your paintings, um, of Daniel Day Lewis. Then, what did it sell for? Some crazy, crazy yeah, price. Yeah, it was a charity 000, event. I don't know if you want to let Luke the, know. A little little Seventeen
2: thousand. Um, it was amazing yeah. because it was, um, it was in the tick of the recession. Can you remember that, Mark?
0: Yeah, yeah. And it was
2: January, wasn't it?
0: Was it? Yeah, it could have been. Yeah, yeah.
2: So it was fairly. The the mood in general with people was fairly bleak, but that night was very uplifting, and I wasn't doing particularly well at that time the recession was vicious and so it was really a great fillip to my confidence to sell something for that amount of money and um it it was another point where um something is saying to you you know there you can make a living being an artist basically um because in the recession you could have easily believed you can't (laughs) to be honest
1: (laughs) and that's kind of what knocked you out as well the the recession mark i remember because you had you had kind of a year there between College and school, or something. Remember, remember, yeah, because
0: I was. It would have been two thousand and six, two thousand and seven is when I actually gave it full time for a year, and then the recession hit. Then, whenever shortly after that, and it was ferocious. That, that knocked me. It, it made me. It's pretty basically stopped me pursuing it any further. I just said, right, I'll become an accountant.
2: <laughs> but see, at, at that time, I'd been at it for so long that I had no choice. So I just mm. had to keep grinding away, you know. So.
0: Sometimes the key to success is not having any other choice. You know, burning having the boats burned already, but I didn't. I had an option there to go safe. Yeah,
2: and yeah, I know that's always been a battle in your mind. And um, you did come down and have a discussion with me before.
0: I did, yeah.
2: Um, I don't know. You know, it's whatever. I, I, I kind of advise you to go the route you're going now. Didn't I?
0: Yeah. Well, look, I'm, I'm very. I'm, I'm very happy the way things have turned out. Um, like I'm, a, look, I'm an entrepreneur. Whether it's art, whether it's accounts, finance, you know, as long as I'm working for myself, that was probably the most important thing, and had control um, of my own uh, destiny, I suppose. Yeah.
1: And you know what, guys, it's just, it's funny that you said that the that was a, a rough patch for you. Uh, it kind of maybe kind of made Mark rethink the career path that he was on, um, and John Fitzgerald was on. He was saying that the recession was actually what sparked his. Uh, his artistic career so it's, it's like everyone we're talking to on the shark pod that has been in business from that from the kind of the good years of the early 2000s up until now there's always this pivot point at the recession where they either keep going or that's kind of a lot of the time that's a lot of the, the, the most interesting stories have been around that time where they had to rethink things they took a, a different turn or they had to make a comeback after that that type of thing um, so it's, it's interesting that that would be have a big effect on you as well and make you even at that stage in your career kind of rethink and say you know is this uh is this possible so that was, that, that was good and also meeting Spielberg must have been cool as well you know
2: it was amazing wasn't it Mark
1: yeah surreal yeah
2: um, yeah, no, that, that was um, brilliant, and, and Daniel Day-Lewis, he was really nice, and actually we had a good laugh that night.
1: Yeah. It, was, it, was it was terrifying. terrifying. Does that, is he also well, in Wicklow? Huh? I think
0: Daniel Day-Lewis has a place in Wicklow as well.
2: He does, yeah. He
0: does. Yeah, the, it was a charity event for, so he brought the Lincoln premiere, the premiere of the Lincoln oh, movie yeah. to Ireland, um, and then we had a big event in the Burlington, it was for the Wicklow Hospice Foundation. Yeah. They've built the hospice since then, Um, they must have made fortune. they were selling all the memorabilia and stuff. Bono was there, wasn't he? Uh, Sinead O'Connor, just the who's who. Shane McGowan, I think.
2: But it, it, it was whoever it was. Whoever. Yeah, and us. And us, yeah. Yes. We were at the <laughs> shitty table at the back. And yeah. I was breaking it. <laughs> were, you, were, were you nervous?
0: Uh, yeah, of course it was. Yeah, I just wanted to... to say, so I had done one of Steven Spielberg, which he signed. And I just wanted that not not to sell for like you know 100 quid so i can't remember what it was like five or six grand and it was like the light of that like and then own blew me out of the water then oh <laughs>
2: <laughs> she said i was so nervous but anyway it's over <laughs>
1: <laughs> we have the pictures anyway <laughs> we do yeah so it's 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 been an interesting uh chat as well it's, but the, we're at this time where we also take a little pivot towards uh it's a the lightning round on this is a, this is mark baker's kind of uh uh, Standardized questions that he he brings out to the, the people on the Shark Pod just to pick their brain on a few different items, and then we he can c- compare and contrast with all the other guests that we have in the Shark Pod. Uh, Mark Baker, what do you think? What's the what's the what's the okay. question today? Um, uh, they don't have to be quick answers. Yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs> what What apps do you
0: use on your phone the most?
1: Um, Shopify,
2: Spotify, um, Facebook instagram um strava i suppose that's about it
0: very good um we alluded to it earlier but what's your favorite social media
2: what's my favorite um being honest with you if if i didn't have a business i wouldn't be on any of them but um facebook but i think instagram is going to be more powerful
0: to be honest and do you do you think it works by letting someone else add it for you and you stepping away or do you have to be involved do you think
2: uh, I think my own personal page; it needs to come from me. Mm. So, yeah, I think that's partly why I'm doing so well on it.
1: Yeah, you mentioned Strava. Um, I think that's—I know that's not a social media thing, you know, really, but. Uh, I was doing some training for an Ironman last year, and I joined Strava, and I was loving it. It's all very positive. Everyone's putting up their their training, their the maps, and everything like that. And then people are chatting back and forth. I think it was really cool. And I remember I, I didn't I, I read it incorrectly. I uh, know it was kudos. You know, you get like a thumbs up t- to somebody because yeah, yeah, they've yeah. done a good uh, good job. And I, I said to my wife, I'm like, oh, I got kudos from this guy. I don't even know. Like, and she's like, Kudos? You mean kudos, right? I'm like, Oh, okay. <laughs> That's the dyslexia kicking in, but. Uh, <laughs> Undiagnosed, um, but yes, I think that could be a social media as well, and it would just be about training and stuff, you know. Yeah, yeah, I
2: suppose it's a good way to record how you're doing that. that, That's it's really for myself more than anything else.
1: Yeah,
2: unfortunately, I I go through spurts where I be using it a lot, and then suddenly I don't do it, and then I have to start again, you know, like everybody else, I'd say.
0: Yeah, um, okay. Um, what time do you get up in the morning and what time do you go to sleep I think you mentioned already
2: 5 I get up at 5 and I go to bed around half 9
0: ok when does your working day end uh, when do you try to end it
2: uh, 6 5 or
0: 6 <sighs> yeah um, I, I try
2: and take weekends off though.
0: ok so yeah. it's apart from today so we're honoured
2: Ah <laughs> uh, no 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 <laughs> um,
0: how much money is enough money um, geez, that's a hard question
2: um, like I, I, I just want to be comfortable where I'm not really worried about bills and stuff I have been down that road and that is bleak so um, enough, uh, enough to give my family a very comfortable life and to have some money for um, when I retire if ever <laughs> or if a disaster happens <laughs>
0: um what, one of the questions I have here is what age do you plan to retire? I don't think an artist ever has to retire.
2: I would hope never to retire. I I, I love um, David Hockney. He's in his mid to late 80s and he's still painting away and I think that's inspiring.
0: What are, What other artists inspire you?
2: Um, I love David Hockney. Um, there's another guy I love, uh, Brian Rutenberg. He just kind of abstract landscapes, but his colours are amazing. Um. I Like, I'm always surfing the net like you're mm. I'm sure you are. So, with chops and changes, to be honest with
0: you. Um, Some of my favourite artists, I don't even know their names. I just kind of click into their stuff all the time. And I just, yeah, I'd be sorry. like
2: that. <laughs> I'd be like that.
0: Okay. If you could advise somebody to learn one skill, what would it be?
2: With relation to art or life in general? Either are yeah. I suppose... And um, consistency, you need to be consistent in most things. It's like I tell my daughter when she's studying uh, for her junior search. It's, it's, it's about just keeping at it, you know. Um, yeah, so consistency and resilience, I suppose.
0: Okay. Actually, this is a question that I was wondering. Have you ever had like a, a mentor or anything like that? You seem to have done a lot of stuff on your own, as a lot of artists do. Has uh, there been anyone uh, there that's given you a good... Yeah, out. Um,
2: my framer, kind of his business has grown over the years like mine. So I would meet him a lot and we talk about general things. But I also have, I've been doing a course for the last four years called uh, run by a crowd called the Entrepreneurs' Organization. So I meet five different businesses, uh, different lads who have different businesses once a month on Zoom and we talk about everything. Um, and we have a mentor there that kind of steers us along. And um, yeah, so I, I I I spent many years without any mentors, but then I of in the last couple of years I've realised that it's pretty invaluable because all businesses are the same; they're just doing different things.
0: Okay, so those businesses aren't necessarily related to art at totally all. Unrelated. Mm. Totally unrelated. Totally unrelated. Probably a
2: good thing. Yeah. But we all have the same problems, mm. you know. So. Like one of them um, is kind of software and he's getting an investment of 15 million euros now in the next month or two. And he's only 25. So um,
0: we get him on the podcast. though. So. <laughs>
2: he, he's an amazing guy. Actually, I could I, I give you his name. Amazing guy. Um, and then another fellow sells stuff to dentists and stuff. So they're totally different,
0: yeah. but very interesting. Uh, how did you get involved in that? What's that called again? Sorry.
2: Uh, it's called the Entrepreneurs' uh, Organization. So it's a, a program called Accelerator. It was for businesses that have turnover 250,000 to try and get them to a million in four years. Um, but um, I, I, I did it because I did a course with um, Wicklow Enterprise Board. For small businesses, and it was run by a guy called Blaze Brosnan, and I really enjoyed that. And when it was over, I was kind of looking for something to do, so I found this, and um, it's great. Like, um, like there's an awful lot of technical stuff to it, which I don't really. I, I listen to it, but I don't really pod- probably put it into practice. But the fact that I listen to it at all is, is really beneficial to me. Because I have to think how to verbalize my business to other people. And when, you, when you're when you not meeting other people, you don't do that.
0: Yeah, that's a great idea.
1: Yeah. And Mark, you don't really do that too much. Is, is, there, is there too much uh, meetups that you do with like, different entrepreneurs and stuff like that? I, other than no. the shark <laughs> I guess. This no, going... well, I
0: have, I'd have... People through my own business, you know, yeah, James yeah. can our investor and stuff like that, and my business partner. I do have, like, I have a business partner on that side. So you're throwing around ideas—that's, yeah, that's great. To have a business partner. I,
2: I I find it makes me kind of go outside my shop window, look in, and analyze things. And um, if I didn't do it, like, if I wasn't doing something like that, I would never do that. So you are just floating along doing the same thing every day. Whereas you are kind of way more strategic.
0: Very good. It's mad to hear an artist say that, but it's so important.
2: Well, it is a business, uh, Mm. uh, Mark.
0: Well, that well, that's one of the things that I always say is like this: we lose so many, so much talent, and so many good, amazing paintings aren't created because artists, a lot of artists, can't pursue it as a business, Mm. and they go off and they (laughs) become accountants.
2: Like like my website, um, the year before the recession, it grew one hundred and thirty percent on the previous year. Last year it grew 400% and this year it's up 200%. Wow.
0: That's
2: so it's, it's, and, it's a business, whether I like it or not. <laughs> That's yeah.
0: true. And and how has COVID affected your business at all? If um, anything?
2: COVID was very interesting. And um, when the first lockdown happened, I remember putting the key in my gallery down in Gori, I'd set up to paint at home and I actually thought I was banjaxed. I was, like, emotional. And then I went home, started painting for a week or two. Internet orders started coming in. I said to my wife, I better go over and just tip away at them so that when it reopens, that we won't be in trouble. And when I went over, sure, I had no staff or anything, but they started coming in hundreds, thousands, and it was a fucking nightmare. I was there for 18 hours every day of the lockdown. Jesus. Just. It was like horrendous. Uh, uh, brilliant that I wasn't worried mm. about money, but I was more worried about reputation than anything else. Mm. You know, like I was getting millions of emails and I'd be answering them and then sure the next day I'd forgotten because I still got millions of emails that day. And it just was like... So you need organisation. <laughs>
1: another another when you get to that scale you're like okay now i need to organize okay um, well
2: i found uh, so as i said my business has been growing very fast and that whilst that is brilliant it is really difficult to keep up with it to keep up with scaling up and i have found that very hard but we're like i've a good team here where we would meet every week and we're very strategic so but i've had to be
0: yeah you mentioned re- reputation i get really worried when people complain to me that that's uh, a print hasn't delivered and it's like a week late and stuff. And you just have no control of that. And that really at scale, Jesus, I can imagine how that feels, you know,
2: like every day we would fill a big on post van every day of the year, every day. Jesus. But coming up to Christmas, we probably would fill three or four of them
1: just yeah and then then you're trusting Unpost to mm. get, get that no, out no, and done. Post have
2: been brilliant but then they're they're pretty bad in the states because when they send stuff to the states it's in the the states hands and some stuff can take five six weeks like shocking but if it was a painting I'd send it by DHL or something so
0: yeah which is expensive okay last question yeah what advice would you give to the 18 year old Owen
2: an 18-year-old. Um, well, I suppose if you can find what you love doing and fit that into being a job for yourself, that is a very good start. I, I I can't imagine what it would be like to work at something that you don't like doing.
1: It's an amazing piece of advice. I think if a lot of people focus on that, there'd be a happier, happier world out there. Um, yeah. But like, it's been such an interesting conversation to get into the 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 business end of the art stuff. And I know the SharkPod is about business and lifestyle design. And I think art businesses kind of fit into that as well. Uh I know maybe those days where you're working eight hour, eighteen hours a day, it doesn't feel like it's kind of you're designing that uh that kind of artistic life. But it all kind of goes towards uh being a successful artist, which is great. Um, so Owen, thank you so much for joining us today uh on the SharkPod. Um there is one more question that we ask all of our guests here. Um, and it is. Would you prefer a T-shirt or a mug? A shark pot T-shirt, a mug. He's got the mug. I uh, got T-shirt. Uh, a mug. Perfect. We'll get that mug out to you um, in in Wicklow. You're not too far from me, so it should be okay. Uh, we'll get that out to you uh, as soon as possible. Um, but thank, thanks again for coming on the Shark pod Thanks, Milo.
2: Thank you very much, lads. I enjoyed that.